Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. Joining me today is Rich Polly. Hello there. And we've got the other UK captains as well. So we've got um, Gary from Team I'm, Island. I'm not a captain. I said Hello, Gary man. from Team Island. <laughs> and also uh, Ollie from Team England. Oi. <laughs> so how is everybody? We all all right? Yeah. Feeling, yeah. Uh, feeling a little warm, but doing okay. Cheerful. Cheerful. Feeling, feeling a lot more relaxed than I was this time last week. Uh, <laughs> as a fat yeah. man, I'm not built for the heat. No, <laughs> oh, I, I hear you. I hear you on that. No, um, I, no go on. I was, I was going to say, I spent the last couple of days down by the beach because oh, I, rubbing in. <laughs> there are that some perks to living down south, apart from being a fairy. It's all good. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, so we're gonna, we're going to talk about um, obviously the XTC and uh, a little bit about the um, latest Gold Squadron. Was it Do- Dogabar? Dogabar. Right? Yeah. Reading the, Yo- the one where Yoda lives. It's uh, it's from the well-known film called uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's lucky you're down south. <laughs> what are you going to do about it shorty <laughs> I might bite his ankles <laughs> um, <sighs> shall, we, uh, shall we just go straight into the XTC first because I think that would right. be, be so fun we've, we've finished week 7 it's finally over Done. <laughs> for now I can rest <laughs> wives <laughs> and partners throughout the land have gotten their husbands and partners back oh god it feels that way it really does uh, but like, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long time. That 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 one game a week turns into one game plus a practice game, maybe two, plus flying a couple of practice games against your your your, uh, your teammates for them to get practice, uh, plus a whole load of theory crafting and head simming and people um, building things on fly casual and practicing turn zero. And to be honest, that amount of effort got us some wins in some of the rounds where people it was like first practice got battered second practice bit better third practice got battered again fourth practice sneaked out a win it was like right do that do that (laughs) (laughs) see if you can make it work (laughs) you know and and, you know you pull a win out because you figure out what the the short percentage win condition is you know if it's an 80 20 matchup you figure out how you play for that 20 um rather than just jousting and hoping that it works out because dice love you or something but yeah yeah exactly it's and it's going to be super interesting i know i'm kind of jumping ahead a bit but uh we've we've got somewhere in the region of five to six weeks now before finals and for the finals you're not going to get advanced notification of your matchup it's just like swiss you get given a list and you've got to run into it so i think wow there's going to be well, it's it's nine games in two days, and you do sorry, that. Uh, Ben. Just to clarify, we will get the opposing lists a couple of weeks before, so we can prep yep. the pairing process. Oh, yeah. But we have to prepare for all matches, like yeah. The, um, yep. So we You're have playing. to prepare for all eventualities. Or well, here's here's the other option: mm-hmm. don't prepare for any of the matchups and just play them as they come. Or alternatively, what if you use the six weeks previously to, you know, practice the big bads yeah. into yeah. into all of your lists? That seems, I mean, that seems like a good idea. That's what you're going to do. Like if if 
six out of the ten people are flying, you know, foresight, not foresight inquisitors, but like procket barons as their imperial list. You need to have a couple or three t- uh, squads that are capable of beating that and are practiced enough that it becomes not a comfortable matchup, but something where they're comfortable that they can have a chance of winning it. Um, and it's the same with the other kind of stapled metalists, meta so like resistance beef. Um, God, what else? Scum, janky stuff, uh, separatist fire sprays. You know, those are the things where you're like, yep, need to come with a plan for those. But that's the same as any tournament, isn't it? That's, you know, you go to any tournament, any extended Swiss event, and you're like, if I want to have a chance of winning this, I need to know how to beat these three top metalists. Exactly. I need to have a plan for them. So um, in the final, is it the same list? Or can you, like, trap and change a little bit? No, you yeah. can uh, you can pretty much change everything. Um, you can change who's flying what list. Uh, you can change uh, the lists themselves. So there is no guarantee that the list coming in that you've seen all the way through the group stage are going to be the same as the ones that we see in the final. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because um, there was potential thought for a points change happening, which we now do know isn't coming until after the event. But... I'm sure Ollie's in a similar boat. Like our outlook going into the finals is much different than it was going into the qualifiers. Um, yeah. Primarily nice because saying no Venny. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I think you have to. So going into the finals, like you're coming up against a much higher. As much as the the quality of the competition was high in the group stages. Like in the finals, that that's just been turned up to eleven. Oh, it's going to be terrifying. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are strategies that the Irish team employed in the group stages that are flipped on their head now. Yeah. Um, you know, we we very much played to not lose in the group stages because against a lot of teams that was a good baseline. If you yeah. play that way against the competition we're coming up against in the finals that's just not going to cut it you really yeah. you're, going, you're going to have to push for your wins to give you an idea the uh the average level of player that we're expecting to come up against in finals is essentially someone that would expect to win a national championship if they entered like they're going in with that mentality um, oh cheers ollie thanks like, for that i'll take no, that compliment all day but you would do right if you if you're attending <laughs> if you're attending nationals You'd yeah. be going and thinking, right, I've got a chance. Like, not that I'm definitely going to win it, but it's like, right, I've got a good chance. If, and... if, if I was attending nationals, I would be thinking, I will be happy with four and two. And if I make cut, that well, is awesome. Because so, that's my mentality going into every so single event. I, I'm, I'm not I'm, confident enough to say I'm going to make cut. I'm going to add a caveat to that. I would say that you have a sort of more casual mentality than a lot of players who would go in with that mentality, you are capable of that kind of play. Mm, and yeah. I think and I think with the team aspect, your attitude changes going into this. Or a player like you who is slightly more casual when it's just them takes it a lot more serious when there's six, seven other people. Right. So here's the problem here's the problem that I've got, right? Sigmund Freud moment on the couch. You know, <laughs> and I am an incredibly competitive person. Okay. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have is that I don't like entering competitions if I don't think I can win. 
Yeah. So if I attend, if I go to something and I don't think I can win, I immediately switch to I'm here to have fun and be casual with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then if I do do well, I'm super happy. But I played sport at a reasonably high level when I was a teenager. I played like county level football is the easiest way to describe it um, and won quite a lot of stuff. Um, and when I moved away from home for university and I couldn't get into a team, I got really annoyed and I ended up playing for a team that was in the dregs of some terrible division. And we did a bit better um, when I joined because not because of me. Well, it helped, but I was able to go because I played goals. So I was able to go into goals, which meant that the guy who was one of the better players out was no longer having to go into goals because he was the best option that they had. So he was able to play. And so and so we got better. Um, but I spent the entire time being hugely frustrated with the team as a whole because they weren't at the standard that I was used to playing with at home. So like when you're used to playing with people who eventually ended up playing in the Premier League, um, you know, when I was one of the worst players in the team and I was, you know, a high level, then you're like, right. And then you go and you start playing Sunday league football against people who don't know the basic rules. Yeah. It gets really annoying. So I'm like, I don't want to compete. I don't want to be, I don't want to get my competitive mindset and my competitive attitude on. Um, and yeah, next swing, I guess, you know, if I don't think I can win, which, you know, it's a really hard cutthroat environment at the top of a room. I don't want to go in with that super try hard win at all costs mentality because I think it ruins the game for me and for my uh, for my opponent. And for me, it's most important that when I finish playing a game against somebody that we can both say, I enjoyed that. Even if it was intense, even if it was difficult, even if it was challenging, I want to be able to say, I enjoyed that and I'd happily play you again. And I consider it a loss if I walk away from a table thinking, I hope I never see that dude three feet away from me again. That was so, the worst time I have ever had. That's that's super interesting because I don't, in my head, I know we're going completely on a tangent here, but screw it, it's fun. Um, <laughs> I in, in my head, that doesn't even compare of... The, the attitude of wanting to win that game does not compare to my opponent or myself not having a fun game. Because I, I think for me, if I don't go into a day with the attitude of I am going to win, and that's, that's me personally, I, I will go into a tournament and I've got to convince myself that I'm going to win the whole thing. Otherwise, I'm going to suck and I'm just not going to pay attention. Um, so mm-hmm. that's something that I have to do personally, but that doesn't affect the like yes i play seriously but i don't like try and move my opponent's rocks around or anything like that yeah i mean for me it's the you know if somebody accidentally three bank just caught up (laughs) um Um, so for me it's like if somebody misdials and their ship is going off the board it doesn't and and i've had this conversation with so many people so many times so I'll, i'll keep it brief i am the player who will say just put put the move in um you know, or put in something inoffensive. Um, yeah. I won't let people take back actions that they've already done and stuff like that, where I know people who will sweep the leg Cobra Kai style and they'll be like, well, it looks like your ship's gone off the board. Sucks to be you. It's a mm. tournament. I win. Oh, no, you forgot to do that, focus. You forgot to take two. You forgot to do whatever. Sucks to be you. It's a tournament. And that makes me feel super like I, I don't enjoy those games because I'm like, right, Okay, that's how you want to play it, but I approach a game expecting it to be quite relaxed and fun, and I yeah. like to have fun. I don't like to feel like I'm, you know, breaking my brain over, you know, 
yeah. like having to scrutinize everything. And I guess that's possibly because I don't actually play in the big competitive tournaments very often. Most of my play is casual. Um, and so, you know, I think that, yeah, I think you're probably right, Gary. It does come carry me across or carry across for me into the events that I do. Um, is that I turn up with the expectation that, you know, I'm going to go 3-3 three, three or 4-2 and have a good time. Um, and, you know, if I do better than that, I'm super happy. But I, I don't have that expectation because I don't want to put myself into that hyper-competitive mindset. Um, again, because I don't think I can win it. I think if I started hardcore, like, mainlining big events, and I would start to drive myself into that headspace more quickly. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, that's enough about me. I uh, I actually think you're selling yourself short. I've been to plenty of events with you, and you're pretty good at getting in the headspace. I don't like oh. to be a compliment. Not, in, uh, <laughs> not when it's I being think... recorded. I'm okay about it in real life. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think if you th- think, online, think the thing is, you've been doing but... well as well, haven't you? You know, it's not like. Yeah. So... I mean, this isn't what we're here to talk about. But I think. Oh, I, know, I think. But... The... but um, <laughs> I think. I think the thing is that you know. I... It, it's not about like you can get yourself up for it and you can get yourself into that competitive headspace and all of that stuff but you know fundamentally it comes down to my own competitive nature is such that if i am playing round one of a tournament element and there's 100 people in it and it's a, a, a mixed ability room and you've you know you don't know who's who you're going to be playing against and i come up against somebody that i don't know and then i lose i can guarantee you that i will crash out of that entire event because that tilts me and that'll tilt me for three games. If I lose against a player that I know I should beat, then that tilts me for three games, and I just want to drop. After the first game, I just I, there's no point. And, you know, submarining's a thing, and it's not the end of the tournament, but that's how my brain works. I'm like, I've lost to somebody that I should have beaten, and that's the worst thing for me. Like, I can't get past that, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't like to approach tournaments with that competitive mindset until the later stages. Like if I'm in game four or five and I'm still undefeated or I'm on X and one or whatever, um, then I, I think the competitive edge comes out. But the first few games, I'm very much like, yeah, come on, let's just beer and pretzels game style of mentality. So shall we move on anyway? So Tim doesn't have to cut out my lying back on a couch talking about my mobile. Uh, so it's just occurred to me that we've kind of uh, jumped ahead of ourselves for the whole thing. Uh, for the, for those who aren't aware, England and Ireland did actually qualify. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and Ben, do you have a list there of all the teams who qualified? I do. I was um, I was going to let you just talk about your group first, and I was just going to go down. And well, sort we, we talked last week about it. So we talked last week about it. We we said sorry, um, Ollie. Just very quickly, we, we talked last week about it. We said basically, Ireland need to beat England, and England need to not get swept and finland and and hope that finland don't sweep wales no it was canada or canada was, sorry yeah yeah so can mm. canada we're gonna like but basically ireland if ireland beat england and england didn't get swept then ireland and england qualified um with england beating ireland we would have been out basically because canada would have probably beaten philippines um so we tried everything that we could and uh yeah in the end we managed to pull out a win against england so that was unexpected if you listened to last week's podcast <laughs> we definitely weren't hopeful of that outcome but we were playing for it yeah um, like i yeah. i would say like i did not i didn't expect us not to win 
but I definitely thought it wasn't wholly in our favor. Like, yeah. I think we we would we had to have a good day, quote unquote, um, to beat the English, yeah. and it yeah. just so happened that we did have a good day. Yeah. Um, but was... you know, I'd say if we played them seven times, I wouldn't expect to beat them more than two or three. I think what's interesting as well, though, is that you've like you say that, but you've got to give yourselves a lot of credit. You topped the group, but I think what it it was always interesting looking at Ireland's scores because you guys never really. No, we fought. We fought for every round. You never really ran anyone over, like because we had we had a lot of six ones uh, against the lower down teams, and we almost we almost got some seven O's, but we did have a lot of six ones. Um, whereas because that kind of it kind of made us safe on game difference, whereas uh, Ireland was four three a lot. Yeah, yeah, like we we fought for every round and. Part of that was my doing as well. Like when I, when it came to the pairings, like I was very conservative at times. Mm. Uh, so I was trying to guarantee a small number of good games and maybe making certain sacrifices rather than, you know, swing for the fences and hope for six or seven good games and potentially crash and burn and end up with only two. Um, so I say that was very much part of how I was now don't get me wrong, uh, it wasn't like we had three horrible matchups every round. You know, th- there were a couple in there that were always winnable, but yeah, like it, I, I was not aiming to completely stack the deck in our favor because I didn't want to have the house of cards just come crumbling down. Yeah, if you go for the four that you should win and three that you'd got stomped in, if one of those four goes against you, if you like. Yeah, that was. I don't know. The pairings process is always interesting, um, and I. But I. I like what you were saying earlier, and that I think there needs to be a different mentality for it going into finals. This. Yeah. It, it's not just okay. You're you're good to go. No, you need to get every single like even even the like if you get um sort of two fived, those two wins could matter at the end of the day. So it's. Uh, I think everyone can beat everyone in the finals, which is what's going to be fun about it. It's the but, um. Is the final just a, a round robin event? There's no sort of a final match against like the highest two or something like that. No, no, no. It's just straight round robin. Yeah, nine rounds. Uh, we're going to have five on the first day and then four on the second. And you've also got to include the time to do the pairings. So there's going to be about a 15 minute slot before each. Uh... Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, I, don't, uh... I don't envy either of you. I could not. Well, do it. well so uh, currently, as things stands, I'm not playing. I'm just doing the pairings. Uh, so it's not so bad on me. Ollie's in for a pretty bad day. Yeah, I've not gone, Ollie. I was going to say I've done this four times before, being captain and player. It's not easy. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. yeah. I are... like I, I basically did it when we were in uh, Krakow mm. a couple of years ago, and the tournament was Wednesday Thursday. I think on the Friday I woke up at four p.m. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> it's, it's especially a, as a lot of the um, pressures on you, isn't it, to get their matchups? Because it doesn't matter how good a player you are, if you get the bad matchups, it's it's an uphill battle straight off the bat, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So it's definitely yeah, for not sure. for me. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a there's a possibility. I think we were we were looking at the possibility of getting an Airbnb with really good internet uh, for the, <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> It's a serious consideration. 
that's not a bad idea. Because uh, to be honest, a lot of my problems on TTS, I find I can't get into that competitive mindset sat mm. in my kitchen. Well, that's I, that's what we were thinking. Like, it feels like going to a real life tournament. You're all in the same house. Like, you can you can share food together at midday and like have a nice evening. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to make it feel like a real life event. I guess it's the logistics of it all, isn't it? Because you're all from all over. Aren't you? Yeah. Also, if one of our internet goes out, the entire team is. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> one second. I'll redo that. I'll redo that. It's, it's all right. It's Simmel all right. Just, uh, you, you, just <laughs> you get a chew back over the top of it. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I can't do the chewy noise. It's fine. <laughs> I always try and fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just... sadly, Team Ireland do not have the same ability to do that since we are very much scattered far and wide. Yeah, two yeah. Of, two of your teammates live right down my road. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, who's in who's in the south of England? Nick and Cormac and Nick. Cormac and Nick, and then you're up north, and then there's the rest of us over here in Ireland. Yeah, yeah but one in Dublin and uh, one's in Cork. Oh, Cork, sorry, yeah. Nobody uh, in Dublin. And well, no, oh, I, I think, think Cormac might be near Cork that weekend. Yeah. No, not, not near Cork, near Dublin. There's, near Dublin, a, be- there's be. a beautiful irony that he can't play for Ireland because he's in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might he might be able to. He's got a um he's got a a, a work challenge, basically. People in his office are dropping like flies, so he has yeah. to he has to schedule, like, based on, you know, he's going to have to be working, covering loads of shifts, yep. putting his arm up, cows, backsides and stuff. I'm um, reasonably sure it is not a basic human right to lock your employees in a cage and stop them from going to football matches. It'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway. I mean, it was, um, was kind of, it was crazy. And the one thing I want to say is that Group C has been, like, an awesomely friendly group to play in, like... The Colombian guys and the Philippines guys and the Canadians and the Welsh and don't leave anybody out. The Finnish guys and Croatia has been like, it's been super friendly. It's been super interesting because like people have been like kind of teching against each other and like saying, you've played against this guy. How does he set up? And it's like, oh yeah, Yeah, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Because it's like open information at this point. Everybody's just talking. The the Colombians 100% have a fan for life in me. Like, yeah. Oh yes, they're. I, I will watch. I will watch their channel from now until I stop playing. Oh, I don't care. That it's, in it's, it's in Spanish, but you know what? The hype is real. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. You you yeah. get excited even yeah. though you can't understand what's going on. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. also a Brazilian channel that I really been enjoying. Uh, oh yeah, eighty six. No, no. Forgive me if I butcher this. It's uh, Treno Maldosa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've really been enjoying their channel as well. And they actually do stream in English quite a lot. Um, oh, cool. So. so the thing that made me laugh a lot about the XTC was there were so many games that were streamed. And I think I streamed five out of my seven, maybe. Um, and it was like, there was that thing where you had the cool, well, I've streamed five games where I've used that opening and that opening, which means they know about those openings. So <laughs> do I have to use a different opening or do I play one of the ones that I already have used that they've seen and see if they know how to react? And it was like that kind of second guess in mind games because you knew that your games had been streamed. And so people would have been, you know, if they're doing their homework, gone back yeah. and looked at how you play the list and all that kind of stuff. So 
Um, that said, you, you, you joked at the start about dropping Venny, and I think I was the first person in the team when we opened the conversation about lists for the final to say, I'm not bringing that to the final. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> no Coward. Point. Well, there's no, there's no, literally no point because hey. everybody who's playing in the final knows how to play against it. You nearly yeah. won a hyperspace with that list. Don't sell yourself short. I know, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Still yeah, like, dining out on it. Still go, dining out on go, it. Going into these group stages, there was very much the the case of like a lot of people just don't know how to play against it, haven't played against it. Mm. But I think going into the finals, you know, you don't have that surprise factor nearly as much. More people are already aware of it who have are in that tier. Um, so it's got some fairly common hard counters in the meta at the moment, and yeah. you were pairing me around most of them. Um, but those hard counters, like teams like Peru and the way that they've, um, the yeah. way that they did their list choices, it's just not a there's not a game you can win um, yeah. using Venny in that. There's just everything that they have just beats the list. Um, so it's like, yeah, yeah, just lots and lots and lots and lots of beef with shields and big guns and. Yeah, it was just whatever. But yeah, anyway, do, do you want to run through the, the, the 10 qualifying yeah, nations? just letting you talk because it was interesting hearing you all talk about it. Um, <laughs> it no, it was. Because I've, I've, I've taken kind of a backseat to this just because I've been busy. So I haven't really caught up much. So it is interesting when you all start talking about it. Um, yeah, so Group A was uh, Singapore and Italy. Obviously, the big upset there is, as everyone said, is Poland. Yeah, um, I, do I have to commend Norway for finishing five yes. two as well? That's a astounding yeah. result for them. And no, Norway, Norway, the giant beat, killers. Norway, yeah. Italy, and Poland on the way yeah. to the end. There, that was. Wow. Yeah, who who was their uh, other loss to other than Singapore? I believe it was the Czech Republic who also. Yeah, did like, as well. can you imagine the upset if they'd actually won that game? Oh. <laughs> also, that, that also came down to is it set wins is the next time yeah it, it yeah. was yeah. yeah so it's like individual game wins it got to the point yeah. Italy were playing Poland in the last round and Poland needed to beat them 6-1 to get past them in games one yeah. and in the end Poland won the game but they won 4-3 so after Italy had won their second um, they took their foot off the gas and there was a couple of games um, chatting to Alessandro uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know is, is that fair in Poland like I, I don't, I don't think Italy would have eased up at all. Uh, I think it's fair to say they probably won that round. I, I don't think it's a conscious easing up. I think it's, you know, okay. there's, there's a people kind of going. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think you know. there's, there's the argument as well because, like, same thing as we were saying for, um, for Ireland versus England. Once, once that, we were in the same situation where we knew we only need to win one game, and then it didn't matter what happened. We were in on points. So once, yeah. once we won that game. You, you won go, the first game. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, okay, cool, done. Uh, and it's not <laughs> like we, we paired into it properly. We we went into it going, okay, we're going to win this round. But then you just don't want it as much as your opponent does. Yeah, actually, like we were actually discussing it just shortly after the pairings before a lot of the games have been played. Mm. And, and I was complimenting you on the fact that I, I thought you were the hardest captain I had to pair into for the entire tournament. I'll take so, so far. <laughs> Woo. I forgot to actually ask you before, how did you both feel about your um, pairings going into that final round? I mean, I felt pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, felt... I felt like a 5-2 was pretty reasonable. <laughs> it just went the other way. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I kind of thought we had a bit of a disadvantage with the regards to the lists. Um, but when I come out of the pairings, um, I got it 
more even than I was expecting to. I still thought it was slightly in England's favour, but there were a lot of 50-50 matchups. Yeah. Um, when I when I saw the pairings though, I looked at it and I thought Gary's done a good job there because that could have been a lot worse for us. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I say, I, I, it was definitely the hardest round for me, and I was happy to have only lost it by a little bit. And I, I could it, see, I could see that I think I did lose it by a little bit. What was interesting to do as well as it's a it's a good it's a good opportunity um, to test out a couple of theories as well because you you don't often get to do this in in anger um knowing that you get a like a round against a good opponent where you can flip a couple of those coins and see what happens um so yeah i think it was it was really useful for us in terms of lessons learned thinking okay this is a good strategy and then turns out maybe we need to rethink that for final. well like one of the things that we were we talked about afterwards was your strategy to deal with our fire spray list Mm. um and i think it was after the first round of pairings that i I did. Oh, I did. I couldn't have said for sure that you were doing it, but I was fairly sure because there was two lists that I was very conscious of, yeah. and I hadn't seen hide nor, nor tail of them. So I was like, okay, there's a strong chance that you're just holding them back. Um, I'm and, I'm just very very sad that we couldn't be the one loss that every single fire spray list had in Group yeah. C. Um, oh yeah, a bit, a big uh, shout out to Gary Colton for going seven yeah. zero during the tournament. Yeah. I mean, he was using Django's ham, but all the other people apart from the polish guy um lucas galonka yeah yep. so all of the other fire sprays went 6-1 um basically i think one of them didn't but um you know for ease of reference lucas galonka and gary colton uh went 7-0 with separatists and there were a couple of other 7-0s around the place i know um kester smith from england was 6-1 and uh he was we really wanted to get him the 7-0 as well yeah actually but... do you know what uh the, that fire spray list is the only list that we bid for the mirror in. Yep. Yeah. You have the, to. the only one. Like we took off the uh, false transponder codes to bring it down to one nine five, and I think only the Welsh. Yeah. The Welsh went down. Yeah. Shout, yeah. shout out to Stephen Gage for having the. Uh, well, actually, no. Shout out also to uh, to Reinhardt Ryan Fleming for bamboozling everyone and bringing not two fire sprays but a fire spray and an infiltrator to make sure that he got to 192 <laughs> nice how did he end up uh i believe um oh no it was charles holcomb that went 6-0 i think he did pretty well i think he might have gone 4-2 or something it's fine he's flying a fire spray he's got to do pretty well yeah, it turns out two fire sprays is still better than a fire spray and an infiltrator, even if they don't under the other fire sprays. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, Ben, we actually let, I'll let you go all the way through group A there. Let's see if that we get through, through the other four. I don't mind. It's all interesting stuff, don't worry. <laughs> so we've uh, we've got group B, which is Peru and Germany. Um, I think it looks like there was no clash on second place on this round. No, no, that was early. Peru with a surprise package because they popped Germany early, and then Germany kind of went and rampaged across everybody else. Um, basically, they had a bit of a wobble, and it looked like they might drop it. I think, I think at this point, surprise is possibly unfair. Unknown package, possibly. Yes. Uh, Because I think anyone who was aware of them is not surprised at all. Like we, we, our tiny European meta just didn't know anything about them. Yeah, I so think... we, we had the captains of 
I'm going to get this wrong, inevitably, <laughs> Brazil and Colombia. So yeah. Juan and, oh, what's the Brazilian capitals? Captain called the Aces pilot guy. Anyway, his name's just popped up. Uh, maybe, I can't remember. But we had them on and we were like, you know, talk to us about, you know, South America. And they said, oh, Peru, man, Peru are good. You know, the Lima Open. The Lima yep. Open was a really big event. And we kind of went, eh, but it only had like 60 people and it was fairly closed down in terms of like who actually went to it. And, you know, yeah, fair enough, but whatever. And turns out that, you know, all of our teeth sucking and, yeah. you know, yeah, but, you know, was absolutely I, wrong. And Peru played a cracking tournament. I think so Peru, well Peru did a very good job of preparing for this thoroughly. They they knew the lists, but also they brought a load of lists that allowed them to stomp through the group stages. Yes. Um, yeah, I really like I keep on saying this on my stream, but I really want to see how Peru do in finals um, because I think they have an opportunity to prove to the whole world that they are a big deal. Um, but I also think they they have a lot riding on it because they could also fall flat on their faces. Um, yeah. Well, I think just now that you mentioned the list, I think it would be odd if we didn't mention a lot of the German lists at this point as well because there were some odd choices in there. I still think Germany had a bit of a had a bit of a fun time. Yeah, uh, no, no, I agree. That's what, that's what I mean by odd. Um, yeah, I I think you're going to see a very very different German team. In, I one hundred percent agree with that. One hundred percent. But like, I think they let them play the lists that they wanted, based on their best finish. Mm -hmm. So you know, Timo has been flying double IGs and having you know some success with them. Um, Funwalk has done really well with his four BB rookies in rows, um, and so on. And the fact that their tournament results didn't reflect that basically was like, well, maybe, you know, what we need to do. Oh, oh, like, I don't know if they were just assuming that they would outplay our skill, everybody else in their group. And it doesn't matter what lists we take. Just take what you're fun, what you're comfortable with. Take what you find fun, and we'll go and win it. Um, and yeah. you know, like, they, I don't. I don't they, think they, they threw on games one. You know, they only won yeah. twenty eight games. Yeah, um, like over I, five rounds. I, I don't think by any stretch that they brought like the F tier lists. Like, but they didn't bring S tier lists. Like there were B plus A minus lists. Um, yeah, which is a, a casual list for the Germans almost. Yeah, but yeah, you know. Will, will we see them changing up in the finals, or will we see them? Uh, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if it's not six or seven S tier lists. Yeah, I, I, th mean, I think they're going to come out swinging. Yeah. The, the thing is, because of what we talked about in the finals before with having less time to practice and, you know, that kind of thing, if you're flying a list that you're super comfortable with and you know what your good matchups are into the different meta lists, yeah. then that might actually be better um, than picking up an S tier list now and getting you know, reps in with it now rather than being like, well, I've got 100 reps with that list across 15 different tournaments. So, you know, I'm just going to keep flying that because, you know, I know that I can win games with it. Um, I suppose that's down to the captain and the decision-making process that they have to go through as a team um, as to whether they are going to be like, right. I mean, you've you got to look at teams like um, Spain who flew stuff that was really close to the meta, but not. It was like, yeah, they've got like a good history. One, one or two angle different. 
And so it was different enough that your practice into the standard meta version of a list isn't entirely relevant. It's a bit relevant, but not entirely. Um, and also, you know, they're exceptional players. So, you know, you've got to remember that. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy about Peru. Um, and, you know, Germany, I don't think there was another team that really could threaten Germany. Like I know New Zealand and, and Latvia, Lithuania got close um in the end but you know i i think like germany did germany lose two in the end uh yeah, i think they yeah. lost two in the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. germany yeah, lost I two think i i showed to scotland as well i know they had uh, a few issues getting their team color to go i know their original captain couldn't end up couldn't play yeah stuff like that and like i think i'm sure they'll be disappointed with that three four um like they're they're definitely capable of doing a little bit better than that well, yeah, Scotland, um, Scotland were Germany's other loss. So there yeah. you go. Yep. Uh, and well that's that's the thing. I was really hoping they managed to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a chat about that one in about an hour when I when I do my one. But uh yeah, I think Scotland have redeemed themselves a little bit. I think they struggled at the start and then kind of uh got together. So yeah. Yeah. Uh shout out to Dave Winsith Taker, uh from the Scotland and, and team. Ted Holmes. Ted Holmes, who lives near us but refuses to join any team. He's a part I mean, of the Tuscan Tartans. I know he doesn't listen, but we've never offered him either. That's true. We're not that crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have him and Darren. That's just asking yeah. for trouble. But, but his mum his is lovely and makes amazing cakes. So oh, I, I actually really like Ed. Yeah, he's a good guy. He really is. Oh, we didn't. Um, oh, no, I did shout out um, Alessandro Zaramella a little bit, um, who recently has become Sith Taker adjacent um, due to the fact that he lives near Darren and they play together all the time. Um, yep. So um, Alessandro's joining or has joined or is in the process of joining the Sith Takers. Um, so, I believe I believe he uh, has joined. I need he's, is he officially and formally joined now, has he? Awesome. Yep. Um, and so, uh, who, yeah. who is also part of the Italian team that stomp people. So good job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. he's also a lovely human being. He is a, he's a lovely, lovely human being. Um, so we'll just jump onto Group D. So we've got USA and Spain. Both when oh, it looks like no, it's not filled in properly. I don't think because you can't draw, can you? No. Yeah, that was the that was bye. Their bye ah, that's why I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they both um, won the same amount of games. Both lost one. Uh, USA just topped them out on set wins. Yep, um, and I think I think this was this was fairly expected. Uh, nothing really going on here. That well, I mean, you say that, but not until you've used So by week three, that wasn't that was the expected outcome. But in weeks one and two, it was like Australia and Sweden are massively good, and surely yeah. they're going to be pushing people closer. And for you know Australia <clears> to go one and five, and Sweden to go two and four is a massive shock. Yeah, I'm very surprised that. about Australia. That's the big surprise out of this group, isn't it? It's not the teams that did well, but it's the teams yeah. that didn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I expected Australia to jump into that top two, but I definitely thought saw them being in third, biting at their heels. Yeah. Also, big shout out to Hungary, too, for taking some big big names. Yeah. Yeah. Hungary have done a cracking job. And um, Australia, you beat the bye. Good job. <laughs> hey, hey, for four weeks the bye was beating Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little chuckle every time I went on. It's oh, fine. It's like... Actor actor will uh will eventually give me 
for that. It's fine. He will avenge. He will avenge himself. <laughs> I mean, he has to get out from under that big pile of <laughs> that he's under himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Australia did beat Malta. Was the uh, was the team that they was the team that they beat um, in the end? So, I mean, there was a there was a, a funny darkest timeline where Australia ruined the USA's fun um, by beating them. Uh, I was on the I was here for it. I was I was so here for it because <laughs> with with Hungary doing what they were doing, it could have been the case that uh, yeah Hungary could have come through in the end and USA could have been beaten by the Aussies. Yeah, but and, as it uh, was, the USA did they five two or six one everybody? They so did. oh no, Marcel, apart from Spain. I I feel like there's a little bit of he doth protest too much, but Marcel did send me a uh, an averaged out calculation showing that uh, if you were to introduce the correct win percentages to each group to counterbalance the fact that there was only six rounds in groups D and E, uh, then the USA technically got 36.16 wins individually and therefore should be the highest into individual wins. Uh, <laughs> as it was, they got 31. As it was, they got 31 and therefore... Because that's the number. That's exactly. the number that's there. Exactly. Yeah. So good try, Marcel. But you don't no. get you don't get five point six mean, one with, wins with, just because you claim maths. With yep. with all due respect to a lot of the lower teams, like each group really had roughly three competing for those top two slots, and in Group D, that third team is in seventh. Yes. Um, yes. So. Yeah. And, that, and that, I think that's the thing. There was a definite possibility for Australia and for Sweden to be really, really waking up and and knocking on the door. And I just, it didn't seem like they did. Yeah. Yeah. So where uh, Group E was France and Switzerland. So France went five and one and Switzerland went four and two. Like Group E was the race to the bottom. It was like oh, the biggest dog-eat-dog shark fest it was just like everybody was beating everybody so like this is netherlands yeah. and japan and denmark all finished yep. on three three and yep. all of them with one swing in one other tie um could potentially have got up there and even serbia at the end had they won yep. would have meant that there was a uh, four five way tie on three yeah. three five out of seven teams could have ended up on three and three if serbia yeah. had won their final oh, round that would have been amazing and then it would have it would have come down to game wins, and the Netherlands would have Netherlands gone through on game wins. Yeah. Well, um, depending if Serbia had beaten Switzerland by enough, they might have jumped the Netherlands. But currently, as things stand, the Netherlands yes. actually have joint highest set wins in that group, but only three <laughs> round wins. Yes, which always. Is... I mean, it's been crazy to watch it, and like yeah. I've been chatting to Raphael, the Switzerland captain, um, in in other channels, and he. Like he's super stoked about the fact that they managed to to get up to second, um, because it was a proper dog eat dog, and it was down to you know right, one you know, in, one throw in the last second of the last round of like three games. Every single set was just like it was like oh we've done it, and it was like just keeping track of it. But I mean, massive yeah. massive respect to Japan as well because um, in fact, I mean, all of these teams have done really well, but you know, Japan have got. A really formative um, community. They've only got you know half a dozen um, players actually in Japan. You know they've had to bring mercenaries in um, to, so to to be able I, to get I it. I want to but... make I want to make a special shout out here to uh, to Joe Congdon, who is the captain of Team Japan. And Joe is like he he's American, as is um, Interceptor, who I've forgotten the name of. 
uh, and they yep. both they both live Joe in Woodworth. Japan. There we go, Joe Woodworth. They both live in Japan, and then you've got Ryan Fleming, and you've got sorry, Ravencat. Ravencat, um, that's him. Yeah. Is the guy who lives in Japan, and Joe yep. and uh, Reinhardt, Ryan Fleming, uh, were the two mercenaries. But shout out to their three Japanese players because I've been I talked to Ryan uh, and Joe quite a lot. I've got them on uh, on a Slack group. And turns out that those three Japanese players are basically they they'd not been to a big tournament before at all. Like their their biggest tournament was maybe twelve people, mm-hmm. and they just stepped in and played the XTC, and they almost did it. Yeah, they were so so close. So we had Joe on the podcast when we did the the Asia bit. So he was on at the same time as Akatar to give us a view on mm. what was going on, um, and. You know, we kind of said Malaysia, maybe. Joe kept his powder dry about what Japan was capable of. And, yeah. you know, they, they've done a really good, they, they've played a cracking tournament. I mean, yeah. at the end, Group E has been a surprise for who got out of it. Because yeah. I think everybody just assumed that France and Netherlands were going to walk it. Because, you know, you look at the Netherlands team and it's like, uh, you know, three system very... open winners, a guy who's been top table at Worlds. And it's like, you know. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Let's let's well, not count how many individual uh, gold squadron championships Farn has right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to take your socks off? Yeah. Almost. I, mean, so I, know, I know. I know. We skipped by Group C because we already mentioned that we won it, but I think we should also shout out Canada and Finland, who yes were so so close. Um, yeah. And you it, know, Canada were in with the like Finland maybe not so much in that last round. Like they needed an absolute miracle, but Canada were so close to qualifying. Yeah, Canada really were. And uh, like, yeah. as, as I think we've mentioned before, like if if we did manage to beat Ireland in that last round, Canada didn't matter what wins they got; they were they were through as long as they yeah. beat teams. Yeah, and yeah, the fact that the fact that Group C ended with Ireland on six one, but England, Canada, and Finland on five twos. It was only through merit of the fact that we did smash up a fair few teams 6-1 that, yeah. that we were safe through there because 34 wins for a team that didn't top the group um, is quite big. And well, it's a, yeah. I want to I give a shout out again to Team Croatia because Matja has approached this entire tournament <laughs> with the best, singularly the best attitude towards the whole thing, which is oh, yeah. I, am, I am here to try and make sure that my team succeeds. So he has bust himself in six of the seven rounds, I think it was. Um, and still gone, I think, 4-3 or 5-2 yeah, in the tournament because he's yeah. a really good player. So he's taking he, the bad he, matchups away. It's me um, in the teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's such a good player. And he's does dirty things with Jousty McJoust face. Like him and Alessandro <laughs> Mazzi from Italy are just, they're just a, a, they're a class above. So like, it seems like it's a really straightforward one forward to victory list. But when you mm. watch Alessandro or Mattia playing that list, it's yeah. different. Um, and it's can like, we, uh... you know, can, can we talk about Bartosz going 3-4 or 4-3 or 4-2 with it the was, same list? It was 3-4. Yeah. And, you know, Bartosz is a really good player and it's not an archetype that suits him. So, you know, it's not an autopilot list, though it seems like it is. Have, um, we, have we got time for a very small aside? Yeah, go for we, it. We always have time for a small aside. Because I think it's worth it's worth noting, and there's obviously we're talking about the XTC here. Um, but there may be quite because I love Sith Takers for just giving a a massive wide broad view, and there's probably a few people here who are relatively new into the game and trying to find something that they enjoy. 
I think it's something that is underestimated in X-Wing, um, how much a list fits or feels. I don't really have a good word for it, but the style of the list, like, is it a jousty list? Is it an AC list? Is it a weird big ship scum list? Like, some people are better at using certain things. And if you can find the style that suits you, you will do a lot better. And Bartosh has been doing incredibly well with sort of, no, I'm not going to call it a swarm. It's like a four or a five ship AC list. Uh, and that is like the five A-wings is his best list and has been for a very long time. And he just got top eight with five rebel A-wings, which is phenomenal. That list is not easy to use <laughs> um, in the most recent Gold Squadron event. So it's not as if he's uh, he's been sleeping. Like he's still really, really good. It just, I don't think it fit him. Yeah, it's 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 that list. Um, it's it, like accepted um, in common parlance as being the best resistance list. And I think it, there's a couple of things that run it close based on you know the the meta, whatever it is that you're flying into. Um, like Ray Poe, two big fat ship, but they don't do well in the swarm meta. Um, and then you know there's a few other bits and pieces around that you know can do well in resistance, but ultimately. You know that 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 five ship jousting block is really good, and it gets even better in in hands like matches and like Alessandro Mazzi's. So, yes. you know, um, so yeah, I, and um, I just wanted to like the reason we qualified was because Croatia beat Canada in round one when Canada weren't expecting it, and Matcha was fully prepared, um, and that's why you know it got down to the last game of if Ireland beat England and then we can get through, where if Canada could have happily tried to 6-1. I mean, that's why England qualified at this point. Yeah, that, yeah, that I mean, would so, have meant so, that we would have been fighting for all the all the marbles. Yeah, so... It, we now, do the chips fall the same way? I don't know, but... Yeah. Um, we talked about it before, though, didn't we, Gary? Like, when England had won, had qualified by winning the first game, subconsciously the foot comes off the gas and when i was chatting to so i played lloyd bowman in the in the last round it was su such a fun game um and like really relaxed even though it was quite pressured at that point in time because it was i think game three and it was one yeah. one at that point yeah um but it was such a relaxed game and he was like he said to me i'm struggling to get up for this game i'm struggling and it was like one o'clock on a friday afternoon or something um and he was like i just can't get myself into uh, the yeah, like headspace because we've because we've qualified, and I was like, "Cool!" And like in my brain, I thought, "All right, well, I'm in the competitive man space." Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Conversely, I actually think that us losing to Finland helped us qualify because at that point mm. we were a rat in a corner, and we were just fighting with absolutely everything we had because we knew we could not afford to drop to Canada because that was that was a nail in the coffin. Yeah, and again, going into the England match, it was a. There, there's no holding back here. You have to win this. And I think if if we hadn't lost that round to Finland, you know, we could easily have lost to Canada because, uh, you know, we're in that same mindset of, oh, we've already got five. We'll get one somewhere else or, you know, we'll do something. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. You, it's, it's the shoulda, woulda, coulda thing, isn't it? We don't know what would have happened if something had happened differently. Yeah. So, yeah, that was me just trying to say thank you to Croatia for beating Canada for us. But, yeah. <laughs> 
I like I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Cam Murray from Canada because he's a lovely man. Yeah, he spanked me so hard. <laughs> he was he so polite while he did it. He was so polite while <laughs> he did it. <laughs> that was no. lovely. I've, I've never been so grateful to be absolutely annihilated in all my life. <laughs> Should I continue my pretend beef with Rathos yet? So like uh, I know I've already shout, shout out the uh the Colombian streamers, but like genuinely want to shout out the Colombian team because uh like throughout this tournament I think they have come on leaps and bounds. Oh, yeah. Uh and I think I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on them like if we they come back next year that they would you know qualify from a group, but I could say they could easily, you know, start to middle table, that kind of stuff when I think uh, they're they getting South very America, capable. South America are the real winners of this year's XTC, regardless of like yeah. Peru doing phenomenally well, or just all of the South American teams having a great time, both on stream and against other players. I haven't heard anyone say nasty things about any of the South American teams and Mexico as well, because otherwise I get shouted at by Marcel. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great, and I've really enjoyed being able to see what the uh, what the guys have to offer. Here's the thing. I don't want South America to start taking X-Wing seriously because oh, you've seen what happened. Listen, you've seen what happened in football when they started taking football seriously. Yeah, they, just be... dom- they just dominate it. for. And it, Can you imagine Samba X-Wing? Do you know what I mean? Hey, Where they're you, just, sh- you should be like, terrified. Flambo- of... Flamboyant K-turns. And, Japan and... Japan and Korea, that's where you want to be scared of. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I say, for me, the, the, the big thing for the Colombians was just the absolute learning curve they were on. Like hmm. Every round you watched them, you saw improvement somewhere. 100%. Yeah. Uh, like Across the board, and it was noticeable. It wasn't small things here and there. Like, they were taking leaps every round. Yeah. And I, like, I would have loved to have seen them take a win somewhere. Loved him. I think that would have, that would have been the cherry on top for me. I am really hoping, um, because as much as this has been a really high level competition and everything else, I am super super hopeful that this is going to do really good things for X Wing around the world. I'm hoping it's going to build up some communities that were maybe struggling beforehand. And yeah, as we're as we're slowly coming out of lockdown, hopefully we'll get some interest off the back of this that will build groups where they weren't in the in the first place. Well, it definitely made me want to make a bit of a sacrifice and maybe stay up for, you know, a South American time zone game or something, mm. or a tournament. Should I say? Sorry. Yeah, for sure. Just um, just out of curiosity, does anyone know if they're going to do an online XDC again next year? Because it has been interesting, and obviously, some um, people. I, I personally, I think that if we did, it would have to change in some way because yeah. asking for this kind of commitment outside of a lockdown. Um, yes, I think is too extreme. Yeah. Like I, it's too long. I quite like the idea. I've been I've been thinking about this and how we might manage it. I like the idea of doing the group stages on an individual weekend. Yeah, so, I, I, do you know I was just about to suggest something similar where yeah. you know you you have two weekends which are spaced apart and just have intensive two weekends and like it kind of feels more like you're prepping the same way rather than. You know, you get the lists and you well, schedule them in and whatnot. Even, even like you do Group A one weekend, you do Group B the next, you do Group C the next, and then have uh, like a three week break and then go into finals. Yeah, I could, I could totally understand that. Yeah. Well, some, yeah, but I, I think that's the way to do it. I think instead of doing the, instead of doing the the week long <clears throat> groups, uh, because it's just been exhausting. Well, I mean, I think in many ways 
they, it was good to have it over that period because it kept the people involved and entertained for that amount of time during lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, but true. outside of lockdown, you know, when people don't want to devote that kind of time to it, to either watch or participate, um, yeah, I think intensive one, two-day tournaments are definitely yeah, preferable. Thinking about it, it was a it was a child of its time. Was the online XTC? It was the only way to do it, and it really worked because of the hype and the organisation and the community around it, and you know individual people putting the health of their sphincter on the line. Um, you know, all of these things have helped to make it what it is, and the fact that it's been online has allowed. Um, like 38 countries however many it is yeah, now 38. you know from you know singapore japan australia right the way across the entire globe to you know what is it liam calls them south canada um yeah mexico, mexico, Colombia, mexico whatever Peru, chile you know you've got chile Ch Ch chile is the, the west coast of south america it's about as far west yep. as you can get unless you're going to alaska you know what I mean? But, you know, we've got coast to coast to coast on yeah. all the continent. I think and the only continent that's not represented um, is Africa. No, South Africa were in it. Yeah, South, South Africa, Africa were in it. It, it, so, is, yeah. it is six continents. The yeah. only one is Antarctica. Antarctica, yeah, because there's only 14 people in a research station there and they don't all play X-Wing. Yep. Um, oh, we so could work on just half of them. <laughs> I was going to say, it wouldn't be, wouldn't <laughs> be that surprising. Like, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, the engineers and physicists, kind of the people that play X-Wing. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you're not going to get an XTC with that broad spread of countries in attendance in so real life. Here's something that I'm really, really hopeful for, um, because I, I would love to see this spawn either in real life or online, but I would love to see it spawn a, like, don't kill the XTC, do it like maybe the other side of the year, um, have like an individual team tournament where you're, you have like maybe teams of five instead of teams of seven, but like anyone can enter. Like yeah, so this this actually did occur to me as well. Is you know having the XTC in the summer makes sense because you can tag on a holiday, mm. but doing something like this that's going to keep you housebound over yeah. the winter actually makes more sense. Yep. <laughs> and so, then uh, Filippo has when he came on, he talked in loose terms about something that he is thinking about considering potentially possibly planning um which is something akin to like a champions league of team x-wing mm -hmm. where squadrons country by country play in a team league and then at the end of each season the team that wins each national league goes and plays in a team tournament against the winners of the other national leagues um, I, got, I got so much time for that. Yeah. And is it squadron by squadron for the big squadrons? Like, you know, Sith Takers and 186, we can put a squad together. Or you can, probably you just can, do you a can field entry, you and your right? four mates. Right. Yeah, yeah you can field do, you and your four mates. Or, you know, because you know, it's easy enough for like the UK and the USA yeah. and, you know, a lot of the other places. It's easy to put together a squadron based team with like maybe one mark from somewhere yeah, but there sure. are a lot of people who and a lot of countries where you know you either don't have enough people that want to use tts or you don't have enough people that play the game um you know you'll have a lot of people who are you know there's five of us in a store somewhere that play x-wing together and you know but we only yeah. play once a fortnight because in the in-between weeks we play armada 
you know, do they want to be involved? But well, it's a, if, I think it's a cool thing, idea. If they, if they do want to be involved, and this is where um, stuff like a, a very easy to to enter tournament would be great because you can you can get that base level and you can go okay cool just have a good time play against some like some of the other best teams in the world and then as you say you end up with the champions league of x-wing yeah it'll be good fun awesome so anyway xtc it's been great well i mean i think in many ways maybe not from a team point of view but ben you guys have taken the first steps towards something very similar with your just take her league. Yeah, yeah, it's going well. I've got, I've got. To I mean, like, you, you are definitely yeah. finding now that you know a lot more of the the good players are making their way towards the top league, and like people yeah. are settling in where they should be after a bit of a shuffle. Yeah, um, I've noticed people like like take actor for example. He came in, I think, after all the leagues had already been settled. And he's just skyrocketed through the leagues so quick. Yeah. So it does generally like balance itself out quite quickly. I was surprised how quick he actually moved up. How regularly are the rounds? So weekly. It's, um, it's weekly. No, no. Oh, yeah, but how often do the groups reset? Uh, so the at the end of the season, the top four move up and the bottom four move down. But then, yeah, yeah. with any drops or things like that, I fill up from the bottom. Yep. So, shuffles upwards. It's yeah. every eight weeks. So that was the one I was looking for. Every Actor eight actually weeks. skipped one league because of backfilling from the yeah. bottom. Yeah, because he ended up being at the top, etc. Yeah. yeah. So, th- so there's an eight-week season, and then normally a break of about yeah six or eight weeks. Um, I, so we're we're on the break at the minute, and then I've back I've in. been in the Vassal League for the last three years, and I've I've had to take a break from it annoyingly because of the um because of the XTC, I just didn't have the time to commit to it. But uh, it's exactly the same format, so I was considering whether or not to join the Sith Takers, and I might do if there's if there's an opening. There's prizes yeah. if you get top of the leagues. There's shiny yeah. Sith Taker dial covers. Well, well this up. time. It depends if I buy them again next time. That's another thing we have to point out. Like This is completely free. Ben's doing this completely off his own bag. Has yeah. no obligation. Uh, isn't charging anything, is providing prizes sporadically, but I mean, we're getting it for free, so what do we care? Um, you get, you get yeah, a, you get a like, different like, on the Discord server. But, like, more importantly, no one is paying ben, ben for his time, and I've seen some of the complaints like he has to put up with. And he does admirably. He deserves most of it, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. To be honest, though, um, most people, there's been like Hardly any problems. Most people are just keen to get the games in and want help finding an opponent. So it's understandable. And it just works because the the Rod Robin nature of it basically means that you go, you've got eight weeks and eight games to play. And if you play them all on, you know, week seven and eight because you've been on holiday or stacked with work and you just need to squash them all in, then that's fine. Um, just gives Ben a bit of admin to do. Um, but you know, it it you're not forced into playing a game a week, um, which is why a lot of the people are happy to be in it. So we've got players in, you've got quite a few players in America, um, mm. and uh, you know, Actor is in. You know, we've got players kind of spread around. Mostly it is it, it is mostly Britain and uh, it's uh, quite a lot of Europe. Europe. It? Yeah, it's mostly British people and Europe European people, but we do have some some players from America and and, and further afield. Yeah. No, it's been yeah. good. 
considering it was just a no go on i was gonna say worth noting uh in terms of time zones that shout out to all the people uh playing the stc finals who are not in europe oh god bless them yeah 100 <laughs> like uh, uh, one of our, one of our uh, players actually asked this morning uh, what time he would have to get up at on a Saturday, and I told him, and then just replied to hashtag European privilege. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. grumpy about he's grumpy about the fact that he has to get out of bed before you know midday because he's eighteen. Because he's, he's eighteen, then yeah, still <laughs> still living with his parents, and, and it's like Sing- Sing- Singapore will be starting plus eight, so they'll be starting at like middle of the afternoon but playing through until like four in the morning or something like that that's what i meant philippines not singapore i mean let, let's face you it meant singapore not philippines yeah, yeah, L- yeah. Little, little chris is working off a u.s time zone some height. did did chris come to worlds by the way yes he went i think world, i met yeah. chris uh probably yeah um, i think he was on our flight with his i think it was with his mum maybe uh yes that. Yeah. I think it's, it normally would be his dad because his dad's into gaming and stuff like that but I don't think his dad could make that trip so his mum went yeah. and bless her soul I think she was very very bored for <laughs> yeah I have I have offered if Kate wants to come to a X-Wing tournament weekend uh, see I what I want to do is I want to start to get the uh, the wives of X-Wing um, like, yeah see that's, that's great for just about any event except Worlds which is you know well, held in an industrial be, state in the Arsenal of Seattle this year, so uh, I would go a state in Seattle instead. I <laughs> I, I am so so passionate about wanting them to alternate where it is held. I know you have expressed in the past, Ollie, that you like it being at I headquarters. Mean, I, would, I would love it in Europe, um, but and that's I the think, thing they don't have an HQ anymore, so yeah. screw it. Like I, I just, I, 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 just want it to be mobile. Like I don't think it has to be relocated to Europe. I just wish it would move about. And I'm like, I'd even be happy if they give like the uh, Australasians or whatever uh, one because I think like their scene is big enough at this point where yeah, it is. They're they're kind of deserving as well. Yep. Do you I get agree. a paid trip this time, Molly? Uh. Possibly, I, I know you've you've got know, a permanent ticket now. Haven't you? I know the the invite the invite does roll over, so they have so, now. So they have I have been assured. Yeah. They've been confirmed that anyone who had an invite to the next World Championships that would have been in 2020 have got a ticket to the World Championships, and I believe 2022 is when they're planning it. Um, I need to have a conversation about the trip and everything else uh, which I'm waiting for news on the event first before I go bothering people about flights <laughs> what we mentioned last week um, there, there has been a rumour now that um, AMG have been in touch with organisers in the UK and that there is stuff being planned nationals and system open level events in the UK which means that somebody somewhere in AMG is thinking about the yeah. the competitive track Um that's all we know is that um, there has been a contact and that's it. Um, but yeah, it, it makes me feel very confident and comfortable about the fact that they have got somebody on it and they're using the time that they've got to get it hopefully right. Like instead of rushing to announce something and then having to constantly change the name of the competitive track like FFG did every five minutes to actually just announce something, release it and be like, right, here's the competitive track that takes you to Worlds. 
Um, and then, you know, you can look at it and think, how hard do I want to go at that? I mean, <laughs> really, we could just, the, the best bet for us, I think, personally, would just be against store champs, regionals, nationals. It just makes sense. Everyone knows what it is. You yeah. don't necessarily have to play X-Wing to know that a national is better than a regional. Yeah. yeah. But if they do some kind of weird um, change to... Hypergalactic you know, regional like, championship qualifying. Well, if they've, got, if they've got multiple <laughs> formats, that, that's the thing. If they've got multiple formats, if they do, you know, rekindle or, or continue with hyperspace, they might want to have, you know, multiple competitive tracks that take you through to, you know, worlds in different ways or whatever. So, you know, but we'll, I mean, as long as they're clear about it when they communicate it, then it's, it's happy times. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, just when, when he comes it, I mean, we know because of their fantastic comm strategy of releasing stuff in the chat of their Twitch streams. Um, that we're you getting... don't like that, do you? I like that. <laughs> I, I like it, but I'd like it if they centralized the information somewhere else. Um, rather than waiting for somebody to screen grab it from chat. Um, I love the little teasers. I just wish yeah. that after a while they would do an article as well. Yeah. So what they've said is is that the spoiler information is that there is spoiler stuff for Resistance and First Order, so that's the FO Bombers and the Resistance Y-Wings, uh, and they're going to release the um, spoiler information on Friday this week, so two days after this cast is released and then they're going to do the articles in the week after that so hopefully we're going to find out about all the awesome stuff that's coming in the resistance why wing babu freak you can tell who the resistance head is like, I, I definitely think i agree with a large part of what was said there like i think like i do love the spoilers that they have started uh and i like the fact that they have dialed back on the you know everything in an article but I would like some articles yeah. to sort of just to tidy things up almost just because yeah. it kind of feels a little bit piecemeal at the minute. Agreed. But also if, if that's what I'm, I'm having to complain about, I'm happy. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely much happier and yeah, like this is not really complaint. This is more constructive feedback if they happen to listen. Yeah. Agreed. And on the, just as a as it pinged into my uh, into my Discord as well, big shout out to uh, Eric or Philipster. I keep on going to Philipster. Philipster, there we go. Um, oh yeah, basically yeah. runs TTS. Uh, much now, love, much love. Got board edge detection as well, uh, which is nice. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, like the the rate at which uh, I am and always will be a vassal head, and it makes me sad <laughs> that less people play on there now. But the rate at which TTS has improved is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's kept X Wing alive. So good yeah. job, guys. Yeah, if you, I, I, if I you don't already pick up, that's the difference, I think. If you don't already, uh, I donate. Uh, like I encourage everyone to do so. Like the work they do for basically free. Well, you can donate. You can donate to them. What you can do is, um, they did an announcement about it a while ago. Is you can do a donation to a charity of your choice. They have a favoured one, and I can't remember what it is now. Um, but basically, donate to a charity of your choice and send them a message saying thank you. I've donated to X charity on your behalf. Yeah. Um, and they say that that is the way to thank them because they don't want to take money for it because they don't want to attract the attention of the mouse. Also, uh, yeah. uh, shout out for um, Tabletop Tier as well because. He's been yes. keeping all like letting us run all these events without his infrastructure. We won't be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, all good stuff. Should we talk a bit about um, 
I was just about to move on to that one. You, do you want to read out the um? Was it? I've forgotten it again. Now it's da- Dagobah. That's right. Isn't it? Dagobah. Where Yoda yeah. lives. Where Yoda lives. I, I was going to say it wrong again. I was going to call it Dagobah. Do- <laughs> it, it doesn't even read like that. I don't know why. And have you ever watched Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not very good with like reading Words. and remembering and just. <laughs> just he doesn't write it down. He just tells you. <laughs> um, since you sent me the list, Rich, you can read it out. Oh, what for um, the winner of um, what's it called yeah. Jonathan Hall, who okay, also so, has moved to our area, so apparently might be coming to play with us. Soon. Yeah, yeah, so John Hall's John moved to Manchester recently, and he has been playing against a few of the Sith takers. Um, so hopefully, he's like literally lives around the corner from Element. So hopefully, um, we'll we'll get a chance to meet him. But he's gone to Dagobah, which was I think 120 something people played um, in the end. 150 signups, but a bunch of drops. So it's like 123, 127 something like that players. Um, and yeah, he's won. He's won the thing with uh, Scum and Villainy. Three big base ships. So here I'm. I'm going to tell you. So the worst ship in the game, the Scum Falcon. Um, <laughs> So uh, I know, no, you're, I know missing, you're missing the important thing. You're missing so hot, the important thing. Hang on, hang on. Hot takes. Let, let me do the let me do the right, ships, right. and then we'll talk about the upgrades. So <laughs> it's um it's it's the Scum Falcon. Two dice. It's pointless. What's even the point? Then a Sarge Ventress in the Lancer. Busted flush. Not what it used to be. Um, couldn't possibly win anything with a Lancer these days, unlike the latter days of version one. And then Bosk, well, you just get behind him, and then he dies. Um, so here's the problem, right? <laughs> Lando has got Cutthroat, Jabba the Hutt, nice, false transponder codes, and Lando's Millennium Falcon. So you're seeing where this is going. Asajj <laughs> Ventress has got triple zero. So he's the guy who is, give me, a, give me a calculator, take a stress. False transponder codes, contraband cybernetics, the Shadowcaster title um, as well. And then Bosk has got Zam Wessel, Greedo, and false transponder codes. So with Jabba, you've got multiple contraband cybernetics, multiple false transponder codes, um, and then with a cutthroat on Lando, you've got recharging Jabba <laughs> if one of the other two dies, so that you get more of those false transponder codes. I always call him Dad of the Hut. <laughs> um, so basically the entire list is three big base ships that are very, very hard to kill, um, Two of them with passive mods. Yep. Um, and yeah, just a whole bunch of, well, you don't have any tokens, so I'm going to target lock you and then nuke you and then do it over and over again. And we'll see what happens. Um, plus, you know, the the jank that is the Lando Calrissian Falcon. Of, I mean, I, f- you know. I feel like activated my, essentially what Johnny looks like he's done is he, he's he's put, He's put his uh, his massive like chain around his neck with like an upside down pyramid on it, and as soon as his opponent puts ships on the table, he slaps down something and says, "You've activated my trap card." Um, <laughs> because the combo I get in this that list reference is because I have a seven year <laughs> There we go. For anyone anyone that doesn't know Yu Gi Oh, there we go. Watch the animated <laughs> oh, it's the series; worst. it's terrible. It's um, literally the worst. But seriously, watch the abridged version; it's amazing. But um. In in terms in terms of this list, oh my god! So, to 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 help you understand what happens to your ships when you run into this list and why it is capable <laughs> of demolishing everything, um, 
everyone understands the Boskazam combo. It's horrible. He gets the crit into two hits every time, but that's not the scary thing. The scary thing is, as the, as the combat starts, as, uh, as Rich said, he's got Jabba and he's got the Force Transponder codes. So that's probably three of your ships that no longer have their actions. Jam is everywhere. Because they don't have an action, and they're probably at range two of Asajj's firing arc, Asajj looks at that ship and goes, would you like a stress? Well, you don't have a green token to get rid of anymore, so I guess you get a stress. She then shoots that ship. She's got a target lock. She's got a one force remaining, so she's double modded. She's probably going to hit it. If she hits it and it's a small base, she activates the tractor beam. This is my point about the trap card. Tractor beam moves that ship closer to Lando. That ship has a stress. Lango has a focus and a target lock. He now gets a bonus dice from the stress. He's probably rolling four. He gets all the hits all the time anyway because of his innate rerolls, and he just punches it in the face. The final was a cake stomp because he killed a T seventy every single turn. Oh my god, that it's it's amazing. I have heard he just constantly was apologizing in that game. I mean, oh, it's pure filth. It's pure filth. They're like there are ways to fly against it, and it yeah, was four BB rookies. It was four BB rookies in rows, so he, he set them up in a corner, yep. um, and then went down the gutter, and John flew down the gutter and said. Thanks. I guess. I mean, don't um, joust because the, the, there's a certain there's a certain element to this. Of I mean, the thing that you forgot about is that that tractor beam is potentially putting you on a rock as well, so you don't even get to shoot back, even if you do survive. Or you know, you're taking two damage, potentially two damage from the rock, um, or maybe you know, dumping you onto a debris cloud so that you take more stress tokens. Or, or you know, that you want to rotate so that you don't go over the rock and you're double stressed and then Lando's definitely shitting you next turn with the stress and you're still yeah. not getting your action and they don't have and, to worry about your false transpondering you that yeah. turn. And and you know that people are worried about this list because so many Discord channels and other places, people are now talking about how do I tech against this? Uh, oh, like... like, like Going back to a previous conversation very briefly, like this is one of those lists we were mentioning earlier that you should be practicing against. Yeah. Like yeah. you should you should have a you know, plan to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so this is le- we talked about this a little bit last week. This is leveraging cheap scum crew. This is leveraging Greedo and Zam Wessel on Bosk. So you shoot at Bosk, he's getting free target locks, false mm-hmm. transponder coding you, and then double tapping you um with his Greedo mods. Um, mm-hmm. Asajj has contraband cybernetics, constantly refreshing, so she can do the five Ks while still getting actions without worrying about it. Um, yeah, it's just it's got one of those things where kind of uh, you look at it and you think, well, I don't know what it does, so I guess I'm just going to joust it and I'll see what happens because I can one round any of those ships, can't I? Turns out you can't if one of your ships dies before it gets to fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So I'm quite looking forward in one sense to having a few turns against it because they've already started head simming how you could play against it. But a lot of it involves um, running away a lot um, and thinking to yourself, well, it's, it's only it's only got eight dice in final salvo. So maybe... I've met just... you before, Rich. You're going <laughs> to joust it. I know what you're oh, like. 100%. <laughs> in many ways... Part of me is kind of hoping that this will make the Republic faction slightly more relevant because they can't take force away. Yeah, possibly. No, I'm not sure that's true because I don't think any of the Republic ships can actually shoot it to death in time. (laughs) But I think that is genuinely the way you kill it, though. You either have something that 
can reliably kill something in a turn. And I feel like you once you kill Bosk, it does remove a lot of the effectiveness of the list. Are, are we looking at five sight, maybe? Possibly. But also, um, you could play it the other way and just have a ridiculously good ace player. And it, it has to be good because you're playing against a Bosk. So yeah. Yeah, if you if you get anywhere that that thing shoots you, and if you get anywhere where it shoots you, you're not going to have actions because of all the jam. Yeah, uh, you got to play it well. So oh, it's Asaj plus Bosk, so that's already 360 degrees worth of arc coverage plus Lando for another 180. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot of big arcs. I know yep. Asaj will normally just have the front arc um, because she won't be rotating unless she really has to, um, but yeah, you've got you've got two um, 180 arcs with Lando and Bosk, and then you've got Asajj with the potential for a 180 arc if she wants it. Um, so there's a lot of arc to avoid there. Um, and it's almost, you know, you're looking at Lando and thinking, well, you're the least offensive thing there. The problem is Lando's got Jabba on, so Jabba's enabling the multiple yeah. repeated uses uh, and, and of false transponder if, codes. If after two or three turns you do manage to burn Lando down, you've earned a fantastic prize of 54 points. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. I think the uh, it's interesting because if you have a look at some of the recent stuff um, that has won, obviously Johnny's won this, but also Marcel Manzano uh, took Teltravera and Dace Bonarm, supported by that monster Bosk. Um, and I, I think there is something to be said that is that Bosk just so damn good that he is enabling all the ships that are normally not that good in the scum faction? Yeah, because you look at that Bosk and you think, I have to deal with that. I have to deal with that. And that enables all of the other ships to do their thing while you're yep. worrying about that Bosk. Yep. So, I mean, I have never worried about Bosk before because that's because I normally fly big, beefy jousting lists and the stuff that's with Bosk can't do enough to you while you're killing Bosk that, you know, you've got enough left. Or, you know, you fly around and ignore Bosk until one of your ships that moves after him is behind him. How, um, uh, how does it feel to finally be scared of him then? I don't know if I am, because it's it's a bit of a weird one, but I think that Bosk's problem is that once a ship that can stay behind him gets behind him, like an A-Wing can kill Bosk given enough time once it's behind him, because Bosk can just never shoot that A-Wing again, um, or a T-70 or anything. Basically anything with boost and a hard turn can stay mm. behind Bosk and keep shooting at him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me... I think you win this game by killing Asajj um, first, and then you go after Bosk because Lando is relatively inoffensive as long as um, you're not stressing yourself. And yep. Asajj enables Lando's. But like this is after a week of thinking about it. <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't a plan that I'd come up with in the in the eight seconds you've got reading somebody's cards while you set your ships down on the table. You know, this is. You know, you Asajj is the hardest ship to kill there because, you know, she can take an evade and have two force and an evade um, and be quite difficult to shoot at. But I think Asajj is the one that you just have to go after like an absolute animal until she's dead and then go after Bosk at that point. Um, but again, I would not fancy any kind of jousty list against this. It feels like it can just out-joust anything. So... But it'll be interesting to see if it could out joust, you know, those 
things like discipline Nash swarms and that kind of stuff. Those things where it goes, yeah, you've killed one of our ships. Cool. Well, we'll all he'll shoot anyway, and we'll all shoot you with three dice toggle off focused attacks at that point. Um, I don't know, but then it does feel like Bosk pops one of them a turn, and you can't kill the three ships fast enough. So I don't know. It's uh, I like that Bosk is doing well though because they obviously they released it in two point and you, it just didn't see play at all. Even with a fancy model, I think the one of the um, Z95s can actually attach to it now, can't it? I think. Mm-hmm. I'm super happy that this list has done well because it isn't discipline rockets or Torkel auto blasters or double fire spray. Double fire spray. I'm super happy that there is something that is a bit different. Three big base ships. Like if somebody had said to you, this bone arm. Teltravura and whatever else is going to win one of them and then this is going to win the next one. People would go like, whatever, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'll still say that about you. Yeah, yeah. I know, but you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? This isn't... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great that this has won. Um, elements of this are going to probably get hit in the points upgrade because um, Zam, well, it might just be Zam and False Transponder Coach or maybe even just Zam. Um, are going to go up, um, or if they don't, they should. I mean, um, but we need, we need to have a serious talk about Zam. But you know, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to counterpoint it. <laughs> that's just yeah. that, that's it. <laughs> that's the talk. And you know, yeah. you don't even need to say anything. You just go, really? <laughs> so, and I, I think know. I think to clarify, as much as the the chassis is a problem, uh, the crew is the larger problem. Yeah, it's too cheap. Yeah, I'm gonna too cheap. I'm gonna put my soapbox carefully in the corner and step away from it before I shout again <laughs> about why is she four points? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's taking the um. No, don't do it. She, don't don't. No, do it. Just, 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 do it. Just, just just turn it down. Walk away. I, I'm actually gonna <laughs> really taking the glare off Hera. It's fine. Because, uh, do, you, do you want a five minute spiel no. about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I was going to try and wind it down because I'm aware that you obviously are starting your stream in a right. few minutes. Yep. So uh, maybe give you a chance to eat some more toast. Yep. <laughs> I need dinner. So um, so we'll call it there anyway. Um, so has anyone got any shout outs? We'll start with start with Rich because he usually doesn't have anything. What? Oh man. Um. Like a shout out, we, we've I've done a bunch of them through the through the cast, but again, it's a, a big shout out to um, everybody in Group C because it has been a genuinely friendly but competitive environment, and it's been really good fun um, in the XTC. Um, and a big shout out to um, the uh, oh yeah, Kyber. We haven't talked about that, but we haven't got time tonight, so we'll not. Yeah, so like the Kyber. Um, season six has started up and we're Shut in up. Um, so that's going to be good. Shut up. So... <laughs> Very rude. I know, um, but winding down. Okay. Um, so yeah, just uh, just Group C, Scott for running his stuff still, which is awesome. Uh, and um, I'm going to board in Brum in August, the weekend after the Taker Open, to play real life X Wing against real people, which I'm super <laughs> looking forward to. <laughs> I am so. sad you're not going to be at the Sift uh, Taker Open. I not as sad as me, Ben. Not as sad. As <laughs> me. Uh, what about you, Gal- uh, Ollie? Have you got a shout out? <laughs> I said Gary and Ollie at the same time, and I don't know why I didn't. I, 
I would like to shout out uh, the entirety of my team for being useless and making me drink hot sauce. No, I, I would actually, I would actually like to shout out the entirety of Team England, and also Liam uh, for being uh, not, not only a constant co-host but very, very helpful in uh, in practice. Like uh, for for all of them, as well as both Ashok and Tim, they've put in a ridiculous amount of hours um, over the last uh, eight weeks. I'm going to say because there was also the stuff beforehand, um, and they've done really 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 well to get into the finals so uh it's going to be exciting when we get there and yeah let's see what happens good job boys anything from you gary uh yeah sort of similar to ollie like i'd love to think like team ireland has carried me all the way to the finals so uh i can take very very little of the credit the the guys have just been amazing um and then like special Bit, bit like Ollie, like we, I would also like to shout out Liam, who has helped us along the way, but also Kevin Conrad, Phil Pond, and to a lesser degree, Daryl, because sorry, when he took over this judging, he, I think he, just to keep himself right, he stepped away a little bit, but like at the start, he was a big help as well. Um, and then most importantly, all the people who offered support throughout the entire competition, like um, throughout the entire island and further afield like the support's been great um I oh, guess we, had, we had like 10 person watch parties didn't we <laughs> oh yeah like it, it was fantastic you know the tauntaun servers blew up through the entire thing um and it was uh, yeah like it like it's just a fun server to be on most of the time but i think this just cranked it up to 11 and it was great so thanks to everyone who came along and supported and watched this it was like the support was very much appreciate it. So I've got a shout out, obviously a little shout out for Connor, um, Connor Holmes making the cut for two of the GSP events on the bounce. And just That's... a little little shout out to all the guys I played X-Wing with on Saturday. Um, obviously not you, Rich King. Um, and that's it for me, I think. Did he beat you? No, no, no. He's just a bit <laughs> of a running joke in it. I always apologise if you play him. I, I actually had really good games against him. It was fun. I, I actually I don't think I've lost a game in real life properly. Oh, I lost one playing aces, but I'm awful at aces anyway. Um, it's just TTS I'm rubbish at. I've given up on it a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, so we'll call it there. Uh, so it's uh, goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye from Rich. Goodbye. Goodbye from Gary. Goodbye. Goodbye from Ollie. Um, goodbye from Tim, if you can be bothered saying bye. Goodbye. Also, don't forget to cut out all the nice things said about Ian, and we'll see you next time. I wanted to do a shout out, which was uh, to thank Ollie for picking me over Liam because it's uh, (laughs) added to all the memes. It's been good fun. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, bless him.